Listener note, The Strange and Beautiful Book Club contains reviews of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror media and is not a spoiler-free podcast. Please be sure to watch or read the story in today's episode before listening. So we're back. I finished the second book already uh, because, as Kate noted, I may not read fast, but I read intently. <laughs> no, you read this. fast. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of that. <laughs> but it's done. Oh, okay. I asked your sister. She said you do read fast. Oh well, intently and with speed. <laughs> so I have both direction and velocity. Yes, correct. I am a vector. So we are ready to talk about it. And the second book is called A Court of Mist and Fury. Yes. And Kate is back. Yes. And I'm very excited. Book talk with Kate. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we will just get into it. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. So um, this book starts with about three months after the finish of the last. Um, yes. So Farrah has been at the spring court for about three months. And we, all of the red flags that we had initially touched on yes. are have now burst into flames. Burst into flames and have become their relationship. Both yes. of them are filled with trauma from her having to murder two innocent kids. And now she's also brimming with power because she has a touch of power from every high lord of the se- in the seven kingdoms or whatever they are. Yeah. Courts. <clears throat> courts. The seven courts, right? And um She's not having a good time. No. She's throwing up every night. I was going to ask you this. Have you ever had anxiety or an emotional response to something so powerful, so big that you've physically thrown up or been physically ill? No, I have not. I have. It was recently, too. (laughs) And it was like out of nowhere. Yeah. It was just unnecessary amount of anxiety. There's so much vomiting in this book. So much. There's like... There's so much. She's also really quick to like shit her pants too. There's a lot of physical reactions. Yeah. Like there's a lot of vomiting. There's a lot of like soiling yourself. Yep. Yeah. She's, and I think that's a very real thing that happens to people. I'm sure. But, and then every character, like it's Mm -hmm. a consistent way that, and even in the first book, it's Mm -hmm. a consistent way she demonstrated someone was emotionally overwhelmed because literally every character at least has a anecdote about a time that they vomited their guts up. Right. And everybody does it. Yes. And, and so, so I think what we can take from that is that Faye not only have different reproductive and sexual organs. But, but they're like they're like dogs. They just throw up at the slightest opportunity. And they have way more like bigger feelings than yeah. we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not the capacity to contain them, I no, guess. Because yes. we're just vomiting I all over the place. I think their feelings are just, whatever our human feelings are, they're like, a hundred times. I mean, I'd hate to be in a large group of Fae where something really dramatic happened because it'd just be like <laughs> landmines. That they'd just all be going it, all It would be time. that <laughs> scene in the sand lot when yeah. they're on the 
when they're on the fair. Yes. Ride. Yeah. And it's just one after another. Right. But from anxiety. Right. But not, from anxiety, not but from not, nausea. That and guy. tobacco. <laughs> Big chew or whatever it was yes. they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get, I get where we're going as a narrative, uh, like a way of creating a, an immediate impact. I get where she's going. There's other ways we can get here, but this is the shortest road. Yeah, for sure. I, um, and I really relate to it because I've, I felt such physical like pain from things before, <clears throat> but not to the point of like soiling but that's okay to each their own if you've right. soiled yourself i mean i've had three pregnancies so at this point when i throw up soiling also happens yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but it's not a uh one one is nothing causes one without the other I sure sure that yeah uh that's uh you know what you guys just get everything from me this is it this is the rachel exposition yeah. oh it's great <laughs> thank that's, you yeah i mean it happens we need to talk about it it happens people want here <laughs> normalize soiling yourself <laughs> giving the people what they want yeah yeah normalizing all of the things that happen to pregnant bodies and afterwards yes and just bodies in general just bodies in general exactly so tamlin is being you know, the first time I do want to say this because we give Tam, we did go hard on Tamlin last time. Mm. The first time I read that book, the first book, I wasn't that hard on him. And then the first time I read this book, I was kind of like, oh my God, we're switching love interests. Oh my God, Tamlin. And like to me, those, all those red flags the first time, I was like, I ha- I felt like she was all of a sudden writing him as yeah, but now after reading it a couple times and then hearing your f- initial response to him, I'm like, oh no, they were always there. They were always there, right? She so just this- does a good job of hiding them. Yep. Yeah. She it's the subtle like you don't realize how big of a dick your boyfriend is. Yeah. Until you meet a man that's actually not not a, a dick. <laughs> Actually, Talking not a dick. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. That's, that's what it. That's what it's like when somebody respects me as a person. Is that what that is? <laughs> Holy shit! Is that what I have been missing this entire yeah, time? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So not all of us are as strong. Have us are strong at that. <laughs> I think Rachel's done a really great job of being good at that. And some of us are learning slower than I mean, others. Ha- you know what? It's fine. As long as we're all traveling that path, everyone gets. Some to are get late there. bloomers. You know, we'll get. Yeah, it's yeah. Everyone's journey is different everybody's journey is like my son always says somebody's got to be the tortoise yeah that's me i think (laughs) i'm pretty sure i feel i'm turning 40 in january and i feel like i'm emotionally 31 and a half hey you get to be younger than your age yeah yeah i know and people never think i'm my age there's nothing wrong with thinking the best of people yeah. There isn't. There's nothing wrong with thinking, going into every relationship like, okay. And I'm not willing, being tainted. I'm willing to give you this shot. Yeah. You know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I, when I read, so when I read Twilight, way back when it was before a movie. Yeah, I'm that person. I read it before it was a movie. Oh, same. Yeah. I read it the first time through and I was much younger when it came out, 2001. 2000 early 2000s so I was quite young when I read it the first time and I was like oh what a love story this is so great he really loves her you can tell by the way he watches her sleep and shit yeah and then (laughs) (laughs) then I went back and read it and I was like (laughs) I went back and read it and I was like oh this is no this is not okay like I I don't know why this felt okay to me the first time I read it and then um after the movie came out and I read the second book, Eclipse, where she has like 
a disassociative event like months long after he emotionally abuses her and leaves her, I was like, oh, he's been emotionally abusive this entire time. And I did not pick up on it the first time through. And she wasn't great at hiding it. She frames it. I don't think she's trying to make him emotionally abusive. I think this this author is. She is trying to hide how bad Tamlin is, but she knows how bad he is. I don't think Stephanie Meyer intended Edward to be read is as Steph- emotionally isn't abusive. Isn't Stephanie Meyer's Mormon? She is. Yeah. So I think she's intending it as a love story. She's not. She's framing it as a legitimate love story because she stays with Edward. She's in. She in her eyes, that's what passion. Yes. And codependency. Yes. Like, right. Code that 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 unable to be without each other is true love. Right. Is how she frames it. Right. And, I see that as something toxic. And oh, I'm really and I think that the conversation in 2022, most people would say, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right. But I, what I liked about this author is she does frame Tamlin as toxic. Yeah. And this is, that's actually really common for her and something that I had to get accustomed to. And because I read her Throne of Glass series first um, and they switch love interests in those between books there. And I was like, what's happening? I like them together. (laughs) And then as she's like growing up and going through these different men and you're like seeing her with these different men, you're like, oh yeah, okay. That's what makes sense. Yeah. That's what it means when like there's more fish in the sea. Right. And that like, that's what it looks like when someone is your partner. Right. That's what it means when they're made for you. Right. Versus this guy over here from book one. So I really like that she creates that, the normality of that. Since we are talking about mated, faded mates. Yeah. Right? You're not one and done. You're not one and done. And there's a reason why your mating bond didn't click in. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah. I'm mad that we were so kind to Tamlin the first time around. You thought we were kind to Tamlin? I mean, we were. I I was kinder than I would have been had I read this book. I thought you were a lot more fair than I was the first time I read it. I'm just such a like, yeah, Tom, take me on a journey. Let's go on a story <laughs> ride together. And I was like, yeah, he's great. So when I was seeing fan art and yeah. she was with Rasand, I was like, what? Why do we not stay with Tamlin? I was like, she doesn't end up. When I read that first series and she was with a guy with wings, I was like, what? She's, with T- she's supposed to be with Tamlin. <laughs> so I knew going into it, for some reason, she doesn't end up with Tam. Right. So when... You know, when Rhysand came along and the first time I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's the guy I think that... I think that's the guy. <laughs> I think that's him. You spoiled it for yourself. Yeah, so you picked up on that way... Like, your emotional intelligence in that <laughs> respect was way more in tune than well, mine. Well, I know where we're going narratively. I know what beats we're going to hit. Sure. Yeah, because we do similar things from book to book to book. Sure. So if you've read enough of them... Yes. But I don't mind. I like to see where how you're going to get me there. I know where we're going. Yeah. That's fine. And that's okay. And especially now that we've talked about, I mean, you've picked up on a lot of the things that you picked up on, the rifle on the wall. Yeah. Uh, you picked up on a lot of them. So, I mean, you're not wrong. I think in this series, it's done well enough where it's just satisfying. Yeah. At least to me. Yeah. I'm not looking for a surprise. I'm no, looking no. for, no. you know. I like. I want it to feel good. I love K-dramas. And oh, someday we're going to watch a K-drama together. I'm okay with it. And every single K-drama is basically the same K-drama. And that's okay. Yeah. There's Cinderella stories. And there's Cinderella stories over and over and over Your again. husband actually said that about you. Yes. I The time I had to 
listen to the philosophy talks with yes. the guys. <laughs> he said that you love knowing where a story's going so that you don't emotionally invest and then end up in some devastatingly emotional state. Yeah, I'll be mad. I'll be mad for days if it doesn't end the way I think it's going to end. So I have a feeling this is going to be a little bit longer than last time. That's fine. No, we can go as long as you want to. So looking back at Tamlin from book one to book two, this is classic coercive control. Right. Which coercive control is actually considered a punishable offense in almost every country but America. Interesting. Yeah. So it's considered a type of abuse. Sure. Like physical or verbal or emotional. Right. Yeah, yeah and I, I think there's this, you know, and I feel like you're going to be able to contextualize this a little bit better than me, but I feel a lot of benefit of the doubt for him, and I feel like he's just as messed up, and he has a lot – what am I doing though? Is that <laughs> you're justifying it for right. him? Right, I'm yeah. validating him. You know, yeah. But I never felt sorry enough for him where I was like, "Oh, Farah, you need to stay." He may have work to do. This isn't Farah's job to remember. Fix he's four hundred and Reese is five hundred. Right, I yeah. think I, that might be wrong. <laughs> Someone's probably listening at some point, going, like, "No, that's not true. No, that's not true. They're the same age." <laughs> well, we didn't write the books. We don't have to be experts on them. Sure. But, um. I think, yes, he has work to do, but it's not Feyre's job to fix him. No. And she doesn't need to stay with him to fix him. No. And she tries to tell him that he needs help, and he's not listening. And she tries to tell him her needs. And he's like, no, I know better than you. You are my property. You are my possession. And I own you. And And I I own you. I get to tell you what to do. You're my bride. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually our mating bond's going to kick in. And then, so we get introduced to, what's her name? Ianthe? Iantha. Iantha, Iantha, um, who's just another dumbass woman. I love women. I want to lift you up, yeah. but not if you're like her. Right. So this is the, just because we're all women, we're not all in this together character. Yeah. She's serving her own ends. Right. And I could tell you right from the beginning, because she's telling, she's as much coercive control as Tamlin is. Right. Like, oh no, honey, are you sure you want to wear that? Yeah. Yeah, she's that friend you think is your friend, but every time you go out, she's like, oh, did you really have to wear that? Or did you have to choose that shade of lipstick? Or Yeah. The, those just like tiny oh. microaggressions. The like apps, that was like such a real, I just, I rolled my eyes because you just, my mother just kicked in. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Let that, me like, wear whatever that, look closer you, you would look so much nicer if you. I love that, but. Yeah. The yeah. I love that butt friend, exactly, yeah. is exactly who she is. And uh, I don't know. Can I say a small thing about yeah. the word butt? Yeah. Did you watch Game of Thrones? No. Dang it. Okay, well, that's fine. In the very first episode of Game of Thrones, there's a small part where um, Ned Stark, they say, nothing counts after the butt. Mm. Like, if you say something and then you put butt, nothing before it counts. It's only what's after. Right. I swear, I have never... I do not use butt anymore. In work, in professional settings, I don't use butt because it is so counteractive to your right. point. It's not a good way to communicate. It's passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So I literally, from one episode of Game of Thrones, stopped using butt entirely to communicate. Just a small thing. <laughs> We're going to talk about every major IP. I did read the first book of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the television show. I think we talked about that last time. And it was exactly the same. 
Yeah, that's why. And that's actually the reason. The, the, some of the things that you hated about it are the reasons why it took off. They downplayed yeah. the magic and the fantasy, and they upplayed the politics, the sa- the sex, and the rape, and the incest. So and then, much rape. And then they were like, oh, this is a water cooler show for the next six years. Yeah, because... <clears throat> and then it's going to end up being the worst, most disappointing, traumatizing in-season <laughs> of all time. And... I still am pissed off about it. See, that's how I feel. When something doesn't go where you want it to go. And you were so invested. I watched Game of Thrones on accident. It was April 16th, 2012. I love it. There was a tornado. (laughs) And the day after the tornado, the show comes on a Saturday night or Sunday night. I accidentally was at home with the channel on HBO. Mm. Like it was a channel. And I was like, what is this show? And I watched every episode the day appointment watched it for however many years. I mean, I know that there's millions of people out there with the same story, but you can, they need to redo the, the last season. Yeah. <clears throat> but I digress. Back to. <laughs> and we've digressed again. All right. So they're at, they're at their wedding. She yeah. hates her wedding dress. That's how you know it's going to suck. Yeah. If the bride doesn't like their wedding dress. I pictured this wedding dress as, um. The dress from the bubble scene in Labyrinth. Oh, she has that's the, perfect. The giant shoulders, and yeah. she has the like huge puffy skirt and yeah. the, like the giant hair. No, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of the song playing when she's like dancing, and she's like, and it hurts like hell. You know, sorry, yeah, I'm singing right. And then she like yeah. looks over, and David Bowie's got like the mask, but he keeps disappearing in the <clears throat> crowd. Yeah, yeah. That's the dress I was picturing for this. Yeah, except for a little bit skankier. But pinky, like pink. Her boobs are a little bit more exposed, I think, in it. Well, it's just like tulle. They keep describing it as tulle, yeah. like a tulle confection or whatever. Right. Like she's dressed up like a cupcake. An awful dress that yeah. she would never choose. Um, And then, so then our boy, our homeboy. Yeah. Rizand. Yeah. He shows up. He shows up. He's like, hey. Hey, what's up? I'm here to collect. Yeah, time he's, for your week. He's babe. given her three months yeah. and not shown up to take care of the bargain, even though you know that he is watching her through the eyeball on her hand. You yeah. know they have this bond, which is so romantic. And I love that he put it on her palm. Yeah, because then she can close her hand and he can't see. Because he could have put it on the back of her hand, and then yeah. she has nothing. She just—it's just always out there. Yeah. But I, I really like the symbolism of putting it on her palm. So she can, yeah. Yeah. So he shows up and he takes her home. And the first thing he does is liberate her in a way. Yeah. By nudging her to learn to read. Right. Because, and I really, really like the illiteracy thing in this book because I don't think that a lot of people think about what it means to not be able to read. Right. And what that can do to someone's self-esteem or the way they move through the world and that learning to read, you know, later in life. I mean, I can't even imagine, but it, it's, it, it just seems like it's, yeah. And he does it in a non-judgy way. And yeah, he's, he's just, like, this is something you need to know. And where yeah. Tamlin knew she was illiterate. Yeah. I, <laughs> I saw some criticism on Reddit about 
I think it was from like teachers and people who actually teach reading about his actual <laughs> methodology. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's a, no. Okay. I don't, well, I don't take, care that much. Rise hands not like a, he's just like, <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I've learned yeah. to read 500 years ago. I guess you just need to learn the alphabet and yeah. then practice. Here you go. And which she knows how to read. She's right. just never had the opportunity to sit and practice. So the right. only thing he really does is give her the space to be like, it's okay. He doesn't bother her. That you don't know how to read this right yeah. offhand. Just go ahead and read it. Like, just sit here and he with it. And he takes her to the palace over the Hewn City, right? Yes. So he takes her. So she still thinks he's the bad guy that only has the court of nightmares. Right. And, you know, Resand is this evil guy who's so bad, right? This front. Yeah. His mask. <laughs> His mask. Yeah. yeah. So she learns to read and she still hates him. Kind of. She's kind of in a I hate myself situation. Yeah. And Ryzan's just there. He's a handy target. Yeah. He's easy to hate because she already thinks he's hateable. Yeah. So she's just in a general low place. Immediately picks up on the fact that she's not eating. Yeah. She's thin. He sees, he's able to like see her entirely. Yeah. Right. So. In a way that Tamlin, who's been with her for three months, has really stopped seeing her because he's. He never did. It's not Feyre that he sees anyway. It's yeah. just a thing that he possesses, which she keeps framing it as his like protection, his his drive to protect, his need to protect. And every time Ryzan says it, there's an ellipsis that he ends what he's saying and there's three dots and then he says protect. And he never says it con like consistently all the way through a sentence without that pause, that narrative pause right there with the ellipsis. So you know, Ryzan knows that the protection thing is utter bullshit and that Tamlin is just an asshole. But yeah. he's not saying that to Feyre because he's trying to get Feyre to see it herself because she's been told a lot these last three months. Everyone is telling her everything and he's trying to just give her the space and show her that it's okay to admit that this guy's a dick. And you, you almost di you died saving him, but he's still a dick. Right. You gave everything. Everything. You destroyed yourself. For him. Correct. Yeah. And that there's no shame in that, but that's what happened. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and jump overhead, jump, jump ahead. Oh, also, we haven't said this yet. There's going to be so many spoilers in this book. <laughs> so if you haven't read the book, just come along with us or... Yeah, I don't even think that's necessary at this point, but yeah. um, they always do spoiler <laughs> warnings in podcasts. And I'm like, but people should know. But apparently, sometimes they don't. No. Um, but jumping ahead to chapter 54. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the chapter. We know that after reading it, we know that Rasan knows from the end of the, the first book that yeah. she is his mate. From the like beginning. Almost. the first time he sees her at Kalanmai. And he says, there you are. I've been looking for you. Oh, my God. Right? He literally has. I know. And you're like, oh, my God. In, in such a sweet way. And it seems so kind of almost smarmy the first time around. Like, yeah. who's this guy? But it's just in a sweet, endearing way. And that when she was painting her drawer, it was a starry night. Because he, he sent that to her. I know. Because it made him happy and he wanted to make her happy too. I know. And he sent her he sent her music because yeah. he knew she was falling apart. Man. Ryzen's a fucking gentleman. Yeah, he's just exactly what a healthy <laughs> partner should oh, be. Oh, this is, this is what like a secure masculine dude 
uh, is like. Yeah, I was actually thinking about today how, you know, these are fantasy stories. Yeah. Right? So we can't be too hard about, like, the kind of intimate moments that they have. This is a (laughs) fantasy story. They're big, endowed, big, beautiful, beautiful men. Yeah. But one of the things that is sometimes the hardest to believe is that these are, like, extremely masculine, emotionally intelligent, kind, generous, seeing their women as whole, like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes that's the fantasy. This I wrestled with with Ryzand by about three quarters of the way through. was like, wow, he's really perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow, he's super perfect. He's so emotionally intelligent. Wow, he's really just, okay. That's the fantasy. That's the romanticy. You as the cynical, like, older woman who's been through a couple of relationships is like, okay, when does the other shoe fall? Right. Like, when do we find out that Ryzen like, tortures puppies sometimes or whatever? Which he probably won't. Maybe not torture puppies, but, like, maybe has some sort of, like, weird, annoying habit yeah maybe he picks his toenails and leaves them on the floor or something yeah maybe that that will come up once oh that was i was really about to spoil the third fourth book so never mind (laughs) oh no never mind so we can touch back on that another time maybe as they progress in life 10 years i mean i guess 10 is probably the equivalent of 100 years yeah 100 years down the road they'll start to come up with things that like, right, you got to stop that, Ryzen. Like, yeah, you got, they got to do some work on stop it. Stop saying the word wings. If I read the word wings one more time, I was going to stab myself in the eye. It, wait, I, we get it. We get it. They have wings. Guys, I don't know if you noticed, but they have wings. Oh, yeah. Like, once we have the wing reveal, she is all in on wings. Like, Sarah J. Mass has a thing for wings. Yeah, you and she does the, um, the, Wingspan is wingspan. A- yes, yes. or maybe that should be one of our words on our wings. t-shirt. So we're gonna make t-shirts <laughs> as like to go back to what we were talking about last time. Oh yeah, with all of our um, fairy porn words, and it's gonna say feast, mm-hmm. sheath, wings, and <laughs> core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then- we'll have those on the merch page and. <laughs> Months from once, now. Once we get our website up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have merch. We'll have some merch. Um, yeah, so with just wings. And then I got where you were going with the word male. Yeah. Because we use the word male just constantly. And sh- and they do that even more in, th- in um, Throwing a Glass. Like, yeah. constantly. She doesn't use the word man or men. It's always male. Male, right. As and if it's like, like, it, I, I hear male the same way I hear her say growl. Like, when do people growl? Nobody growls. And when do we use the word male? No, I think she's trying to avoid the like human man, man, sure. men, just calling them males or yeah. whatever. Because then she doesn't have to specify species. She's literally just referring to the general male of the species. Yeah. I don't know. It's It does get a little old. The wings get a little old. Do we have to talk about how every piece of clothing and furniture and whatever is adapted for his wings? Please. Like, see, I don't have any kind of qualms with that, but I, I respect that. It built up over time. We're sure. fine at the beginning, sure, but we never kind of just take them as roped. Right. We always have to draw your attention back to the wings. Yeah. All right. I want to, I really want to get to this one part to talk to you about. Yeah, no, so I'm going to go back here yeah. and then we're going to move forward. Yeah. Okay. Hop. It's fine. Okay. Be bop. Be boop boop. Um, so she comes back. 
she goes and visits him. She's got he's got custody once a week, once a month. Custody. He's got she's he, yeah. has got custody. Yeah. So then she comes home. Tamlin really won't let her do anything. He locks her up. Yeah. She's starting to develop all her powers. He doesn't want to train her at all. So she's just got this like depth of power. And yeah. like her claws start coming out. No one wants to help her. Lucian's like, man, you really like we gotta teach her how to use those. And he's like, no, no. So he locks literally cages her up. Basically yeah. puts magical shackles on her. Yes. And she has a full on meltdown. Yeah. And then resends more, his cousin. Yeah. Um, to get her and rescue her. Yes. And that's kind of a political thing because he can't enter the court. Right. Yeah. So he steals her. Well, he doesn't steal her. He frees her. Yeah. He comes and gets her. And so that's when our journey. He with, saves her. He saves her. Yeah. yeah. With the night court starts. And then we get to meet my favorite folks. <laughs> the um, the court of dreamers. Yeah. All the friends and the family. His found family. His found family. Yes. Yeah. And I. I think I I don't think we've talked about this off pod, but I have always been a person that has really deep, long life friendships. And so found family for me is my favorite. It just I connect with it so much because I know what it means. It's like, a good trope. It's a good yeah, trope. And I know what it feels like to have because it's a family you choose. Right. And yeah. you have family that means more, that's safer than your own. Yeah. You know, and you just definitely yeah. the theme overall of this pod of this book, this book was choice. Right. Her choosing thing. Tamlin had taken away her choice. He'd taken away all of her choices. He hadn't framed it that way, but he had. And then when she goes back to Rysand, everything is her resand. Everything is her choice. You can say Rysand, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful either way. It's because it's how I read it when it, I'm reading it. You should. It. It's Rysand is beautiful. It. That might be right. I mean, I did listen to the audiobook, but now I'm like confused on whether Reese. Reese is a name. Rice. But, yeah. Rice. Rice and but it's choice. She goes back and everything is her choice. He's like, No, it's your choice. Everything is your choice. This is your choice. That's your choice. We throw around choice a lot, but it's a word I don't get mad at. Like I got mad at wings. Because he's definitely like emphasizing to her that everything that happens from here on out is up to her. And then we meet his friends, and they are all together by choice. And no matter how they were brought together, they have chosen to stay together through and now they centuries. Have, and now they have, like, healthy love, and you think that... Go ahead. This was That was hysterical to me. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and tell oh, that, everybody. Like, I don't know how you say their name. Cassian? Cassian. Cassian and Azrael. Uh-huh. And more. Just need to... Become a thruple, and right? Get over all the sexual tension. <laughs> I don't. This is. I my, didn't feel that way. This is my primary problem usually with fantasy novels: is that we still ascribe a sense of morality that is our sense of morality to them. Like these people won't be together because they. She doesn't want to choose and then drive them all apart. Well, then why fucking choose? You could have been together for the last four hundred years. You could have just been enjoying each other as a thruple for the last however long you've been together instead of being like, well, I can't be with either of you because I, I don't want to make you guys mad at each other. Yeah. Because then I'd have to choose one of you over the other. Well, you don't have to choose one of you over the other. So th this is usually my problem with fantasy novels is we carry over the same morality. Nobody, very few people ever explore the idea that they're not even human. Why do they have to? 
Why do we have to have the same? Why do they have to be faded mates? Yeah. Why do we have to have the same one-to-one? Right. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't necessarily feel that, but when you said it, I was like, yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. In my mind, it was like Cassian's her best bud. Yeah. And then Azriel loves her, and she's just for some reason not into him. I I didn't get the I'm into him vibe from her. Because if they had been, if she had been into him, they would have done something. They would have been together for 500 years. Well, I, so she's been with Cassian. Like, she's physically been she, with Cassian. She lost her V to him. Yeah. That fake thing. Yeah. Yeah. The fake thing. Um, so she's been with Cassian. And then Azrael clearly likes her. But I don't get that she doesn't like yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make... Even if it's just like, hey, guys, we're all mature adults. We all like each other. Just... We like each other enough. And as long as this isn't something that we're all like, if I drop it and I go be with somebody else, we don't stay friends, then let's do this. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm open to that throuple. I think it's a great idea. I'm for it. Yeah. I love it. Great. Great eyes. Good eyes. <laughs> Good eyes. There's, there's a general lack of representation of anything but a male female partnership. Right. Marriage. No, there really is. And you will see more of that in different. Her, she does write that stuff in it's different It's just not books. in this one. Not in this one. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, and then Amarin, who I love. She, I'm obsessed with her. She's like five feet tall. Yeah. She's. 15,000 years old. Yeah. She's not from there. She's right. from a different realm. And she has an immense amount. She basically feels like a nuclear power plant when she walks in. Yeah. She's an immense amount of power just beaming out of her eyeballs. But she's in like a five foot tall. She's five feet tall with yeah. a cute little chic bob. Yeah. And I love her. Yes. And she's, um, I love how everyone is always immediately horrified of her and really terrified. Yeah. Because they know what she is. We never really get the story of what she is. Well, they know she's <clears throat> she's something else. Right. They know that much. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't know uh, exactly what she is, which yeah. she's, she's the closest thing we've gotten to a vampire so far. So I just go, yeah, because she literally only drinks blood. Yeah. Yeah. But she says she hates human blood. Oh, she's, she's definitely, yeah, she likes goat's blood. I yeah. I think it's her favorite. But Goat or lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Lamb. Sweet little baby lambs. Because when they go out to eat and she's not eating, I'm like, oh, she's going to be the one that drinks blood. Oh, she definitely yeah, does. And then, then she just some... pretends. She like swirls her wine around. Yeah. She's good at pretending. But so then, all right. So what did you think about, well, I was going to say, I, I, I sent you some questions, but I also kind of want to keep moving down the plot. What do you think? You can do either one. If you've read, you've read the book. Like yeah. you have to have read the book. To, if you haven't read the book, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> if you haven't read the book and you're lot. still with us, that means that you're just like listening this to Rachel's I voice. This is something I would do before I invested in a book or something. I would probably find. I would do this. I'd find a podcast where they talk about it and I'd listen to it to see if you want to read it. To see if I want to read it. Yeah. So I that I can understand if you haven't read it, but I mean we don't have to go synopsis. Okay. Well, yeah. I want to ask you some questions because I like you mentioned that you felt like the middle really dragged. It really did. Okay. Cuz at the very beginning we get we get some mythology. 
we get some like this world's monsters. We get the bone carver. We get the weaver. Right. What do you are, think of them? They were that. That was cool. They like, were really cool. Right? I always like it when we deepen the idea of the world by creating this. Yeah. Like, this backstory. This and depth, those are this those history. are rifles. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, the bone carver, when she went to go see the bone carver. Yeah. <clears throat> did you pick up on what her, what the bone carver showed up looking like for her? A young kid. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> you <give me> a <laughs> significant look. <laughs> uh, I remember it was a young, she didn't recognize the child, but that uh-uh. doesn't mean we're not going to later. But then he saw Jurian, which I thought was really well, interesting. And, and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Probably sure. just trying to pick, because that's also a kind of a foreshadowing for later. Didn't they bring him? No, they didn't do that. But I and thought- it was it was good. I think she had a good. Con- I like her rapport with all these creatures that they're like, they're really ancient and they're really evil and they're really hard to talk to and they're really scary. And she's always like, yeah, but they're they're scary. But like we had a good talk, we had a good combo. And he talks to her a lot and yeah. has questions to actually ask her. Yeah, they have like a back and forth. She has a very good rapport because I think she's coming from a place where. They were not the stories she heard at bedtime. She's not as scared of them. She's not. She doesn't. It's have like that meeting a celebrity that you don't know who they that are. That you don't know what. They and are. then you can just treat them like a normal person, right? You get that sense that okay, maybe I should be scared of them, but I'm not exactly sure why. So right. I can have this normal conversation, and because they aren't coming, because she's approaching them without that backstory, they get like, oh god, this person is just going to be able to talk to me. Like I don't have to act. I don't have to put on the. I mean, I'm sure they're still terrifying, but yeah. I don't have to p- put on the same mask. The Weaver, of course, is slightly different because she's just like an elemental force. Right. She's just like a, you know, so ancient that there's not like a, there's no communicating with her. She's literally there as a like mechanism for storing stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, she's the, she's the storage unit yeah. in the Fey world. Exactly. Prithian. Yeah. Yeah. And then... It, it is kind of neat, though. So I really like the, like, the, like, really trying, really <laughs> trying. I enjoy the kind of mystery thing where we have to go do this so that we can get here till we get yeah. here. So it does feel kind of like a, like a mystery, but you that felt like it was dragging to you. Well, once we get through with that, yeah. and that's like our first glimpse of old Feyre is the weaver. Right. Where she does something unexpected and intelligent where she climbs up the um, chimney. Right. And she actually uses her strength and her power for like the first time. She doesn't let panic take her over. So we finally get like, oh, Pharaoh's coming back. Like we're finally going to get the like spunky, fun, intelligent, snarky. Here she goes being special set of skills, but like super powered now. Yeah. So we get that. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're just going to be in the townhouse. We're going to explore. She's going to be all denially about everything that's happening to her. And we're just going to go on this. I'm unwilling to admit that I had a problem, that Tamlin was a problem, that I need to move on. I'm stuck. And we are stuck for a long time. And I actually had to keep putting the book down and then coming back because it was like, I, I want more movement. We needed something happening here. Yeah. I think I may have... So I was. I always listen to these, and I think there are chapters where I was just like kind of tuned in and not really. Yeah. So and they if, must, you, if you missed it, you, did, you wouldn't miss anything. Right. Then they go to the summer court. That's really cool. I like... I love meeting the High Lords. I yeah. love Tarquin. 
sweet, sweet 80-year-old baby boy. I know. Sweet Tarquin. And she just like, he's so innocent. Yeah. And she just, she, you know, and she feels bad. She do, I mean, she does she a good do, She doesn't stop. go too far. I think he probably. So she does the flirting, but right. she doesn't take it to a place where it's like, she, I mean, she uses him, but she doesn't take it to a physical place with him. So I feel like that we can we can walk that back a little bit. Right. We didn't burn as much of a bridge as if he she'd actually like. I mean, he was pretty pissed though. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. I would be super. I would send you a blood ruby too. Yeah. So they go if you for some reason haven't read the books, they go and steal this really old book, book, half a book, and they do it in a really cool way. And she calls in a favor from her water nymph creatures that she saved yeah. from Tamlin. And for financial reasons. <laughs> <laughs> she saved I, them financially. This is another example of where her rapport with these creatures, because she's not born immortal, creates a very good dynamic in the book where everyone else is like, oh, water rates, they'll spend that in a week. You shouldn't have given it to them. She's like, well, I don't care. That's not my problem. I did what I felt was right. Right. At the moment. And so it saves her. Right. So every time she has this opportunity to like act and act on a stereotype, she doesn't. She takes them at face value. And it usually works she out well for her. She gives them that BOD. Benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then, then there's, I think that's, I think because what happens between summer court so and, you can't even remember what happens in the middle. Right. Because so it between, all gets kind of... But then blah, blah, blah. I think that's when we go to... When we get... Um, what's, what's the thing called where they have... This is when they're like really trying to figure out how they, she feels about Rasand. This is Starfalls. Yeah, Starfall. Her yeah, dress she on pisses, Starfall. She pisses him off. Because right. she's like, you know, you're a baby man. And she's flirting with him. Yeah, she, she flirts, kinda, which we use jealousy as a flirtation mechanism a lot in this book. Which is not not on par with Resan's perfection. Right. Uh, Resan would never do that. The, the oh, should I just go fuck him? Do, would you like that if I did that? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a, a great trait as a woman. Like, oh. We would call that a little so, bit tough. So, not to bring it back to K-dramas, but to bring it back to K-dramas, jealousy in the K-dramas gets framed as an attractive trait a lot. Like if the so when we watch our K-dramas cuz we're going to do it. Yeah. There's well, always I've already a, started one of them. There's always a point where we get to they both like each other, but they're unwilling to admit that they like each other. But you can tell the guy likes the girl because he's jealous of every guy she talks to. And they'll get like aggressively angry or like jealous, like violently, not violently jealous, but like worked up jealous every time the woman talks to a guy. So I just want to say, I think that jealousy is a perfectly normal emotion. Yes. And as long as you are not hurting somebody, it is perfectly fine to be jealous. Right. And I, I'm not, it I'm just, just telling us something about ourselves. Right. And, and we, I'm a jealous person. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. But the, anyway, we, we will use overt jealousy as like a um, plot mechanism in K dramas a lot. And it's always framed as an attractive trait. Mm -hmm. Like the guy likes me so much that they, they're jealous. Incapable of expressing their vulnerability and, right. and like for you. But right. 
It does show up. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with jealousy. Right. But we use jealousy as like a a flirtation mechanism for too long. Right. <laughs> like a couple of scenes where she's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just going to go have sex with that guy. And or she'll like, straight say fuck him. Yeah. In this like, young adult book. It's yeah. not young adult anymore. It's not young We're going adult. into M.A. No. Yeah. And uh, Ryzen will be like, well, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go fuck her. And she's like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to. And he's like, why don't you want me to? And she's like, well, then fine. Go fuck him. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. And we do that like a lot. And she does it in moments that are inappropriate. Like he's trying to be emotionally vulnerable with him. With Always. Her. She, he's trying. He's, just, he's trying. And, and she's like. She, but her self-hate stuff comes in and she doesn't believe him. So like, he says, I think you're. fucking people again? <laughs> Can we she, go back to that? He says, Fair, I think you're the most beautiful person in the world. And she's like, he hates me. <laughs> I also relate to that. <laughs> Fair what is the kind of person at this stage in her life. She's the one that wakes up and goes, "She's married. Do you still like me? Do you like me?" <laughs> yeah. I relate, and I think it's oh, we're still. In, I hear what you're saying, but yeah. I think we are still in a place where, as women, or we get to do that a little bit more. Hmm. Maybe kind of throw it back at them. Yeah, I mean it's fine, but it's I also fine. I also see what you're saying. Yeah, and I don't, I'm, it's I'm not, not necessarily... saying there's anything wrong with it, but yeah. but we get to a point in their relationship where we need to have like moved past it. We need to move on, and she continues. <laughs> and there's several chapters. Yeah, she continues yeah. leaning on it for a long time, yeah. and then there's a point where they're act like when they're in the inn together, and they're in that tiny little bed. I love that part. And some people on Reddit think that that's way more fun than chapter fifty five. Mm. The like we're finally like have an intimate moment together. Mm -hmm. And instead of admitting that this is a significant intimate moment for her and that she really wants him because she wants him, she's like, I just want you for fun. And then she's like, Well, I hope you didn't misunderstand me and think I actually meant what I said out loud. (laughs) 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 This plays into that like double talk. But can we go back to the point where she's 20 <laughs> i know i know she's 20 and he's 500 is, so i you know i just want to re-highlight she's like that wow fact. i hope he didn't think she, i meant that because she's actually acting like a 20 year old i know <laughs> a war wait what did you call a her battle hardened <laughs> battle hardened 20 year old a battle hardened 20 year old uh. And then he, and of course he did think she just meant he wanted him for fun. Yeah. They always believe it. It's so sweet. He's like, but I took what you said. I, I literally value. thought you meant what you said. said. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, of course I didn't. I meant let's be together forever. And I love you so much. It scares me. That's yeah. what I meant. Why didn't you what get I needed that? you to? Yeah. It's, it goes back to that. There's something so attractive to women when you're at your worst and they still really love you. Yeah. It's like. She's still being hard to get. And this immediately precedes the part in the novel that took me completely out. Like I had to put the book down and walk away for a few minutes. What? And this is after they're flying and he's about to say something to her. And she says, like, no matter what you say, I'm here for you. Like I'm in this relationship. Didn't you hear me last night when I said I just wanted you for fun and fucks? Like, (laughs) (laughs) And she like puts her hand on his cheek and then he gets shot by a bunch of arrows and they get fall out of the sky and he sac- he like sacrifices his little bit of magic to push her away and then 
she goes all Xena warrior princess and like tracks his ass through the through the forest and then kills everyone that is hurting him and then winnows them away. And then, of course, there's a part with the cereal, which my girl, I, I do love the cereal. So, yeah, she's the best. Yeah, she is a great tool for <laughs> progressing the story. Yeah, she's like, like, oh, do we need answers? Uh, have you written Let's, yourself into a corner? You need this <laughs> Let's capture our friends. I know. And then everyone, she's they're like, you caught the cereal. And she's always like, what? Like, it's hard. And then yeah, she just her special human skills pop up. <laughs> she just moves on. And they're all like, but can we go back? To-? Anyway, <laughs> so then she hears from the cereal. The cereal's like, well, if you want your mate to get better faster. She's honey. like, um, she's like, what? Hold my what? And the cereal's like, oh God, did you not know? No, she says, interesting and she did that the first time around yeah because she didn't know that tamlin was a high lord yeah she's like oh interesting yeah surreal knows damn well she's there to progress that story oh yeah and i love how the surreal keeps talking to her after she frees her yeah yeah and the surreal loves she's her like, she's like oh my god girl i'm just so happy to see you again thanks for the cloak did you not <laughs> did you not know he was like your faded mate oh my god did he not tell you yet yeah she's oh, just like bone She's, she's gossip queen. She's like, did I drop that? Did yeah. I spill that tea? Was right. that me? And then she goes back and she like, she's like, wake up! And she kicks him. <laughs> and then she has him winnow them back to the to the camp. And she's like, I hope he's getting better. Get me out of here. And she just, Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, Would ahead. you be as angry as her? No. Me neither. No. And that's why I don't relate. So I... That's why I'm, it took me out. It does not make sense at this point in her character development for her to react that way. Now, I could understand if she takes him back, she wakes him up, she has him take him back to the camp, she fills everyone in on what happened, she makes sure he's safe, and then she's like, I need some space to process some things. And she has more to It's the anger that... It's the immediate anger and then the immediate abandonment. He's literally delirious and like calling for her and she's like well fuck that bastard he didn't tell me i was his mate i couldn't have figured that out on my own i kind of could have but whatever no i need someone to get me out of here i need you to get me out now well and this is a great point because i think this goes back to what you were saying where her behavior is a little red flaggy sometimes maybe because she's 20 yeah and like i don't it was hard for me to watch I, i just well, I'm also twice her age now. I wouldn't have been as hard on Tamlin either. I wouldn't have cut him off like that. I would have written him a really long letter or something. I would have communicated. I think cutting off communication with somebody, even, you know, when you're in a relationship, even if it's terrifying, yeah, you at least offer them some closure. So I think that, yeah, this is another time when she was cruel. Cruel. She's mm-hmm. literally cruel to him in this moment because she had just told him, there is nothing you can do that will make me leave you. And then immediately she's like, well, then fuck you. And she leaves. <laughs> like, Yeah, you lied to me. You which lied to I, me, which I, he didn't lie. He never said he wasn't her mate. And she she really seems challenged by seeing other people's perspectives sometimes. He is really just giving her, he's trying to let her get to it. He's trying to let her heal. And he doesn't want to. Before he dumps this on her and is like, oh, by the way, we're going to be together forever. I hope you are okay with that. And we get, they talk just like, they talk several times about mates not always being right for each other. So it's not like we live in a world where just because you mate, and you have this mating bond. The mating bond is actually 
the cauldron or whatever kind of force that there is yeah. saying you're going to you're going to make the best baby basically it goes right back to procreation yeah i think that reese's mom and her dad hooked up so that we could have a reese right and whatever fate runs the show is not even about the two not compatible it's not personality compatibility just genetic compatibility yeah like yeah. you're going to make the most perfect angel baby of all time yeah so here you go love each other for a little bit and this goes back to she has a theme of temper too where we so in the very in the first book tamlin's temper is framed as like he loves her so much he occasionally loses control of himself where he like destroys the dining room table he he whatever <laughs> that's called like domestic abuse oh, yes <laughs> yes yes it is but in the first book she sees it as a positive trait. Oh my God, he loved me so much that he literally lost control of himself and like broke all the cutlery. And she's 19, so that makes sense. She's like, oh, that's, it's like Edward. He loved me so much. He watched me while I was sleeping. Yeah. Right? And then in, in the second book, when we pick up, Tamlin's temper increasingly becomes more antagonistic until they have that moment in the study when she, she's like, listen, you're killing me. You're drowning me. Like, I feel like I'm drowning. He doesn't listen. And he literally explodes the room. And the only reason she isn't harmed is because she protects herself. Right. He doesn't make any effort it's to protect literally... her. So we've reframed temper several times. Sure. And then we also reframed Feyre's temper. Yeah. So at first we see it as a coping mechanism. It's her way of rebelling. It's her way of fighting against these dudes that keep telling her what to do. And then in this moment, her temper becomes toxic because she loses her cool and she literally leaves Ryzan to die in the mud. I mean, she doesn't leave him in the cave. She at least takes him back to and, her friends. And at no point does he deserve that at no. all. Like, no. It's hard. I mean, I can see that. It does take you. It makes you go, wait, what? Why would you? I understand needing space, just like you said, yeah. but, you know, you still don't know whether he's going to be okay. Yeah. And you know that you're the only one, effectively, that can heal him because you have, like, super blood. Yeah. And so she just relies on the Surreal. She's like, well, Surreal said if I gave him my blood and I gave him these flowers, he was going to be fine. And then she just dips. Right. I, I really try and put myself in a position, well, that, it's not possible because it's a fantasy, but <laughs> being angry about something, somebody who kept something that was so positive. Yeah. Like, hey, you know that guy that you love a lot and you are and really, you, you've really grown to respect and who respects who's you? Who's one of your best friends? Yeah, well, you're fated to be together. And, and he, she's like, what? He was, Son of a bitch! He was epically in love, attracted to you yeah. in every kind of massive epic way and held back and restrained himself for months so that you could meet him at the table instead of him forcing you to sit down and you're super angry at right. him about it? Yeah. No, I didn't get that at That's all. that 20-year-old. She really writes in. She comes she, to it. Yeah. In Feyre's defense, when she has a couple of days to chill yeah. for a minute, she comes to it. Sarah J. Mass's characters are always really hot-headed women. They're always really hot-headed women. This is another one of my pet peeves for strong, independent female characters. She doesn't hit a lot of them, but this is one she does, is they are usually stubborn to the point of stupidity. And that's what we're dealing and with. And that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. That's my chief problem with Robert Jordan's writing for The Wheel of Time, is often his female characters are stubborn to the point of actual stupidity. And actually, that's, to me, that's more of a male character trait. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's where we get the 
the strong feminine is masculine. How many real will of times did you get through? I got through like five. Wow. That's yeah. A, for a 14 book series, I'm surprised. I couldn't get through the first two. I got through two. I might pick it up another time. When it's one of those five, ones that I'm like, like we just stop. We well, don't go. Well, and I've heard that it's from, it's just. Matt read them, but Matt won't, he'll, he'll finish the series even if he hates it. Well, I would love to do, read them. When we pick up with Brandon Sanderson, when Brandon Sanderson finishes it, Matt said it was a, a faster moving book. That's my, it's just the pacing. The writing's fine. The characters get a little annoying. Everybody has braids exclusively to pull them. She pulled on her braid. She pulled plats. on her braid. Her plaits. She pulled on it. She And we finally get a female character who's not stubborn to the point of stupidity, but it's because she's like ancient and immortal and she gets literally pulled out of the dream realm and made real. Well, and stubborn to the point of stupidity seems like a male written female. It's a it's a male gaze. The strong female is the one that doesn't listen to you. When you're actually the dumbass and no one should be listening to you. Right. Because everybody thinks that they should listen to you. Right. So but this the, is the... But the, I digress again. <laughs> but this is the the strong female is masculine thing where we conflate strength and masculinity. We conflate the two things when they're not necessarily related. So that's why it's like, this is why I didn't like this part. Because up until now, oh, I like Feyre. I, I like what she's doing. I don't have any, she has flaws. That's fine. It's fine. A, a character should have flaws. That's what makes her relatable. But then when we have this moment where she does this thing that totally doesn't make sense. She, I'm going to say a thing. It probably won't resonate as much as it does for me, but I'm going to say it anyways. She writes her female characters, her heroines as fire signs. They're all <laughs> really hot headed. Yeah. yeah. Just like blast through something. With like earth moons always. And that woman that I read that did the chose all these character signs, she also agreed with that. But yeah, moving on. I can go because then if you get the logical female, they're framed as frosty, they're always framed as cold. You get the female that's not immediately emotive, react like not immediately emotive. Yeah, do you feel like people describe you as frosty? I have in the past been described as frosty. I don't think you're frosty. I don't think I'm frosty either, but I think I, if you don't know me, if you only see me, sure. Yeah. Sure. Because like I stated last time, I don't have a ton of involuntary facial expression. I think, yeah. It's, and frosty to me, you would have to be like, you're a, a zero. You, you sit at a zero. A yeah. frosty for me would have to be at like a negative four. Yeah. Right. Well, you are not having, I'm having an emotion. I'm feeling what's going on. But I'm not necessarily showing it on my face, and I'm not necessarily reacting to it immediately. That doesn't mean I'm not having an emotion. So we were talking about um, stupidity, stubbornness to the point of stupidity, which I love the way that you phrase that because that gets played a lot, especially with women, especially oftentimes when men write women. It's supposed to make them look strong-minded, like they know their own mind. They trust themselves. Right. Instead of being like, okay, I'm willing to listen. To what you're saying. Yeah. I'm hearing you. Talking about stubborn to the point of stupidity. And we were talking about how, okay, so we're at, we can talk about chapters 54 and 55 now. Yeah. The explosion. Yes. The orgasm. The orgasm of yeah. exposition that we got. And we're literally rising, resand talks for an entire 
like chapter. And I loved it. It's just one long dialogue. Yes. Yeah. Him. It's basically a chapter of his side of the story. Right. He's like, and are you ready? Because here we go. And Stephanie Myers wrote a whole book in Edward's view. <laughs> I did try to read it. <laughs> I did not. It pains me to admit it. And it was okay. Yeah. It, it was, was okay. Just, it was just as toxically masculine as I thought it was going to be. Cool. The whole, I, I really want to hurt this. Okay. This is a theme that shows up a lot. And well, it, it's, it's relevant because it shows up in Tamlin's story, which is, I'm strong, I'm powerful. I'm more powerful than this woman. And I have to work so hard not to hurt her. And that is framed as like a attractive trait. Like I literally have the, the I'm literally capable of killing you at any moment, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. And doesn't that make me desirable? Like I'm not hurting you. Isn't that nice of me? Instead of like, I, I don't know why. That's why I like the way she treated Rhysand because the reveal of how powerful he actually is is way down the line. Yeah. Way down the line. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of maybe the most powerful High Lord like ever. Of all time. Of all time. He's incredibly powerful. But but did you want wine with your cheese? Like, he's just like, you know, whatever, you know. And we don't ever have a moment where Rhysand. got 500 years of being super strong. Yeah. And we don't ever have a moment where Rhysand is trying to not hurt her with his super masculine abilities. Right. He's, he's always in control of himself. And it's a big deal that he's always in control of himself. And he's never reminding her of how much he could harm her, but he's not doing it. Right. And Tamlin does. We get a lot of Tamlin, like, when he's destroying stuff in the background or at the, like, climax of their toxic relationship where he literally explodes a room and almost kills her. Right. Like, had she not been able to protect herself, what would have happened? She'd have got, or she was human. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to Edward's BOD, he was a vampire and she was a person, like right. a human. So um, and I kind of get that. He was, but it was so like in such a sexual connotation too. Well, well done. I'm okay with this. Sure. Trip. I'm, I'm fine with this. And I, and I love it when we flip the script too, when a woman is so powerful and then you have a fragile man. Like, uh, yeah, I want that. You know what thing. happens? Um, they tend to get divorced. <laughs> Those relationships don't work out. Well, they wh- why not? You I know don't why? Know. Because there's not any good blueprints. He's a painter, and she's the CEO. And oh, and then we get a Hallmark movie. Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. I wish they could. I wish there was a way to like. I wish we had like a sound, a sound bar for the like. When, like when, <laughs> yeah, when I roll my eyes yeah. to the back of my face, I'll just do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or like, something even. Yeah, we'll think of something. So hard, my head rolled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it's because we don't have any blueprints because we always frame it the other way around. This is usually my problem with vampire novels, too, is it's always an old, male, powerful figure and then a young, inexperienced female, which is the same framework we have here. Right. Well, and, you know, in real life, we know that when a man is much older than a woman, it has so much to do with how easy they are to manipulate. Yes. <laughs> and how easy they are to... The grooming. Yeah. 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 It's why Farah doesn't realize that Tamlin is... But when she does... Red flag central. He's like, what are those people called that do this? The oh, flag the bearers? Flag, yeah. What, but do they have like a fancy so, name? Oh. Majorettes? Yeah. Uh, like color guard. Yeah. Yeah. He's a color guard. Yeah. Yeah. Tamlin's on the color guard. Giant ass red flag. Yeah. Just... <laughs> 
he's got a whole flailing in the wind yeah yeah yeah. he's choreographed them to music there's (laughs) yeah they're on tiktok yeah yeah Yeah. and i do love when she realizes it and lucian's just over there blowing the whistle and like oh man like i love him he's so good when she's when she's sparring with cassian and she's punching him and she's every punch is like a realization of what tamlin has done to her and she's like, he could have, he, when he had an opportunity under the mountain to free me, he just tried to fuck me. And then she like punches the, punches the thing. And I was just like, yes, thank you. I, I had been waiting for that scene for her to finally. That was in the, um, the lull. Herself. That was during the lull. Yeah. Yeah. That was when we start back up. Yeah. We kind of, we peak. Oh, we're going to talk more about Cassian. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. We trend. And then we start peaking. We start going up, right. which is towards why, the orgasm. Towards the orgasm, which and is then we 54. have it. We have it. We have our moment. Yeah, and that's why, because that our our climax is a high point. The dark night of the soul is so bleak. The fall down to the final reveal of the villain. We've got both of halves of the book. We're going to see. We're going to the king of Highburn. Who I think we just call what does he Highburn, Highburn, whatever. Uh, I think that's all they call him. Honestly, I don't remember another thing, and I've read it three times. So. Right, because he doesn't have any nuance. He's just a bad guy. Yeah, which is a bad. It's a bad villain, but it's a villain. So whatever. And so we get there, and it's like the, okay. So the end scene, the scene with the cauldron and the book and the all is lost. This is our all is lost scene. Dark night of the soul, and it is too long. It, let me ask you a question. When you're saying Dark Knight of the Soul, are you referencing something that I'm not so getting? So there's uh, beats, right? So every story has the same essential beats. Right. And so if you have, like, you have fun and games, which is what we just went through, which is the fun and games part where you have all of the characters together, you're learning each other, small events may happen, but nothing story significant, and you either trend upward or downward during fun and games. So either, so Feyre's trending upward. She's getting better. She's healing from her trauma. She's falling in love with Ryzand. We're we're going from a high place to a high place to a high. You may have some dips, but for we're overall trending upward. If we were trending downward, you're losing everything. Your cat's dying. Your do- your house is getting taken from you. Your car gets lost. Your best friend stops talking to you, whatever. If we trend downward, then the climb and the climax is a low point, then the the last point will be a high note. Your cat really wasn't dead. That was somebody else's cat. <laughs> Your car got fixed by the hot neighbor guy who you're now going to date <laughs> and whatever. But this one, because we were trending upward, our final beat is down. Yeah. That's why we hit the like, all is lost. So all is lost or dark night of the soul is like the point at a book in the book where you can't see the characters winning. Everything is lost. The, the bad guy has been scheming behind the, ba- behind the scenes this entire time. This is the big reveal of all of his plans. You thought it was going to go good, but oh no, it all got taken away from you. So that's what this last scene is, is yeah. our, we can't see how the characters are going to win. Right. And it's too long. <laughs> it's you too think? long. I skimmed part of it. I was like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was a lot of chapters. It was a lot of just like, oh, good. Here's one more person getting hurt. Okay. Yeah. God. And, oh, somebody's wings but got shredded. But you know what the, the best part was? Cassian finds uh, Nesta. Oh, he finds her earlier. No, the best part of the whole thing is Nesta's point 
Oh yeah. When yes, <laughs> our special set her, of skills. Like, her like Terminator. Like I'm being lowered <laughs> into the lava. She just points at him like yes, like the two eyes and to she, the finger and I, then two I, eyes. I to love him. the consistency that this human woman. Yeah. And her special set of skills. She gets called a viper. She gets called like a cat at some point. Yeah. Everybody is on the same page that she is some sort of steel human woman. Yeah. And always are terrified of her. Right. I love that. And yeah, that's a great way to describe it. The Terminator. Yeah. She's, she's just, getting lowered into the lava and she's just like, <laughs> when I get out of here. The molten when metal. When I get out of here. You, you, you're first yeah, on my eye list, contact. Bitch, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And everybody's terrified of her. Yeah. The, her ability to terrify everybody in the room, while it kind of takes you out of the story a little bit because you're like, it's not realistic. I She's just know. a person. I like her, though. I Same. I am, yeah. I'm obsessed with her. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say this. Our book five, which is my favorite in the series, is our, our narrator's change, and it's Nesta's story. Uh, so, yeah. And I do like the... Uh, oh. And you picked up on the stuff going on between her and Cassia. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. You yeah. have that to look forward to in book oh, five. Oh, good, good. Because it yeah. was just how happy Ryze... Well, I guess they're not going to be together because Feyre's not with Ryzend at the, at the no. end of this. No, every, every freaking book has to start at the spring court. Yeah. And yeah. Lucian, Lucian's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> she is not who she says she is, but Tam. Oh, he's so smart. His metal eye won't let him get away with anything. He's yeah. like, I see everything happening. And Tamlin is... Stubborn to the point of stupidity. Yeah. And also, you know, I kind of relate to, as a person who has had really low frequency seasons in my life where my ability, you know, emotionally unintelligent, I don't know how to, no emotional regulation, you know, like really, I kind of relate to Tamlin sometimes. I think that's why I feel for him sometimes because I'm like, there have been seasons in my life where I may have been possessive like that. Yeah. Or not have understood how you would literally find the most evil guy in the entire world and <laughs> no. side with him in an attempt I to I mean, the Schoenfreud <laughs> stuff, right? Where yeah. you like wish mean things. Yeah. I had a therapist look at me one time and go, uh, <laughs> yeah, you really don't want them to be happy, do you? But this was her talking about someone that my ex had left me for. So, yeah. you know what I mean? But yes, I have no, moments I where my feelings are overpowering right. my ability to understand what it means to love well. Right. I mean, and, and thank God make, I'm 40 now, and older. Then, then make yourself like super powerful. And no one's ever told you no because you're powerful enough that nobody can. Right. And so this is the first woman that you're like, but but I want her. And right. she's like, but I don't want you. Right. And he's like, uh, does not compute. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it boils down to the, um, and we see this so often. I see this on TikTok stories when women are explaining breakups where they don't do anything and they're, you know, they're abusive and mm -hmm. they have, they don't understand why. Cause they never listened. Yeah. It's like they never heard anything. Right. Like I told you, but you didn't want to hear it. So yeah, I said that to you, but it's like, yeah, you can't get through their big old, strong, thick skulls. Because they're so masculine. It's like a shield. Matt calls that fragile masculinity. Yeah. Where you liter literally taking anything feminine in, any, any attempt to listen to what a woman is saying, 
threatens your masculinity because any touch of the feminine, it's like, why are some young boys not allowed to do anything feminine? Can't paint their nails, can't put on dresses or whatever. Cause literally any even small touch of the feminine will destroy your masculinity. Okay. So we were discussing Tamlin and how Tamlin's character. Wait, what did you call it? Fragile masculinity. Is really informed by fragile masculinity where he can't listen to Feyre. And even when she's, when he she comes back under the guise of coming back to him. And he's like, everything will be different. We don't really believe him. Yeah. He's also does that thing. And I, when people act like they know you better than you know yourself. Yes. It's like the most unkind. It's infantilizing. It's what you would do to a child. Oh my God. I always say infantilizing. <laughs> I always try and tell my mom, like, you're infantilizing me you're right infantilizing. now. You're infantilizing you're someone me. as if they are a child, as if you have superior knowledge. It sounds better if you say infantilizing. Infant, yes. I, t- it, yeah. Okay. It's because it's tempting to treat someone like a child. So you're infantilizing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, there have been past parts of me where I thought I knew better, but like, not understanding now. Oh, that's really not a kind way to approach anybody's issues. If somebody is breaking down and telling you something and being vulnerable, you don't tell them what they're going through. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wanted to say, I keep making comments about her being young, and I don't... I was thinking in the bathroom. I don't want anybody that's young to think that I'm, <laughs> that they're not capable of making decisions. It's She's just that immature. When, it's when not you're, necessarily her number and age. And it comes along yeah. with inexperience with men, yes. right? Inexperience with life in general. Just yeah. I always think of it as emotional balance, a ballast. So when you're a child, everything feels dramatic. You know, when you take somebody thing away from a kid and they have a meltdown, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's just a toy." Well, no, this is literally the worst thing. That has ever happened to them. Right. Nothing, nothing compares to how horrible this moment is. Right. They have no emotional ballast. We've made it to 40. Our emotional ballast is the size of the fucking Titanic. Kind of. <laughs> it depends. I can be petty. I've got so much counterweight. Yeah. That when when Matt when I hand Matt my bowl of mac and cheese to hold and he eats the entire bowl of mac and cheese instead of just holding it, I don't have to have a meltdown. I just had a breakthrough. I just had a breakthrough in this exact moment. I don't have a great emotional ballast in relationships. Yes. Another pod. That's another go. pod. Emotional but I just, ballast. you saying that, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because you, you have to have just. And because then, that's why you don't let everything, that's how you get through marriages. Because we've been together 14 years. And that's how you don't let the little things bother you. Because you have, you, I can put it in perspective. Because when I look at people's marriages, I'm like, Mm-mm, never. Because when you've been together, because at first, at first, of course, your every relationship is tumultuous at yeah. first. It's fine. It's it's getting through that period together, and then coming out the other side, and you're like, okay, was that worth it? Do I feel like I grew better? Is with that, you? And that's how you learn to pick your battles. Yes, and that's how you learn when you should communicate and when you shouldn't, yes. or when you can just let it go. Right. I love that. I'm going to do some more work on that. Thank you. You're welcome. So that's where we're at with Tamlin right yeah. now. Is, and Tamlin, as old as he is, he he has never had like... Yeah, the experience really... The, like experience with a woman because he didn't even have like... I mean, there's there's no women around him. There's no strong women in his life. Yeah. And I've, I've also mentioned 
like not just talking about relationships. I think we brought it up last time too. Their leadership abilities. Yes. Like I like to think of things in for, in like terms of leadership, right? Yes. Like Rasand always wanted to do better. He wanted leadership. He almost grew into it. He was like ready for it. Yeah. Tamlin got thrown into it. It's a burden to him. He never wanted it. And he now he's got it. And he's, and he's not he's stepping not, up to the plate. And he's not managing it well. No. And no. I think that's why when the queens arrive, we really, in, we re- despite the fact that the queens are shown as like a range of ages, they all feel super immature. Yeah. In comparison to Resand. Well, he's 500 and they're what, 80? Yeah. Tarquin's 80. He's a baby boy. I mean, like the queen, like the human queens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and well, I disliked them in general. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think we're supposed I to. I think so too. But I also just disliked they're like a one note. She just kind of describes them as the queens. You know, now that you say the thing about Hybern being, he, they, she doesn't do villains well. No. No, they're just, they're one. I love a gray villain. Nothing will get me as much as a gray villain. And the, villain the villain that is not the villain in their own eyes. The one that they Thanos. think. The one that thinks they're doing it because they're doing the right thing. Somebody that you can relate to who some of their points you're like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That makes like, a okay, lot of sense. I don't love how you're going about this, but I see where you're going. And I'm the only person who knows how to fix the problem. Yes. And doesn't recognize that you want to you want to take out half of the universe. Right. Yeah. And they're like, but I, I'm just doing the hard thing for you. I'm taking on this burden for you. But I'm, really, I have a good heart. Yeah. Because I just don't want people to yeah. suffer. Oh, great villain. We'll get just... And well written, too. Because it's so well... You have to... As a writer, you have to see their point of view to be able to write that character. It's so easy to just be like, well, this guy wants to kill everybody, and that's what makes him bad. That's why you don't like evil vampires. Yeah, because they're just, they're so one note. We don't get a lot of... You don't you relate. Know. And we don't know why Highburn is doing what... I mean, we get that he wants the he wants humans as slaves again or whatever, but... The, they lost... The, yeah, they don't have the prosperity that they used to, which... Right. And they do talk about this a little bit more in the next book. And I'll just bring it forward. I don't feel like you're going to be sad about it. That he talks, his people, when they're fighting for him, it's because they believe in the cause. It's not just about one thing. His people actually are like, we want to... We want more money. Yeah, we want more prosperity. We want yeah. we want the return. We of want the prosperity. Yeah, and, I mean that. Okay, fine, but it's still just. But we don't get enough of that in the actual villain. No, yeah. we don't get time with them either. No, and then we even get like the villainous setting, like a bone castle, and it's dark, and there's no decoration, and there's no paintings, and there's no whatever. We even get the like evil castle with the like lightning behind it and the, the werewolf <laughs> oh, in the, the background and yeah the, uh, blah 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 whatever. yeah yeah so it's <laughs> like all right you know we're okay fine you know that's so funny that you said that i've i've read this book three times and still never picked that up i re-listened to those last chapters when i was sitting out in my car because i was like i i never really remember the end it's not, the it's, only thing I remember is the Terminator <laughs> is Nesta's point. That's yeah. all that matters to me. And that Cassian gets really hurt. Azriel gets really hurt. I'm not really sure what happens with more. I know she's there. She almost gets hurt. I love that even when Cassian and Azriel are like broken on the floor, they're still like trying to get it. Yeah. Trying to get to Nesta. And Elaine yeah. is there. 
And I love how just when she'd realized that she was going to have to live for eternity without her sisters, we found a plot mechanism to make them immortal. Right? <laughs> like, hey, guys, you remember those stakes? Yeah, we're just going to take those stakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no yeah. Mistakes for and you. that's another thing I don't understand. I guess a lifetime of being told that Faye are terrible makes you hate living forever. But I just don't. I just want super angry about that. I know. It's like the, oh, boo-hoo, I'm now immortal and I have superpowers and (laughs) I'm just so mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, just me as a person. It's okay for a little bit of that. We have to have a little bit of that. Narratively, you always have the denial, right? So you always have the sequel. So we usually start with life as it is. I don't understand why you have to have pointy ears to live forever. If you don't... (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand why you have to have pointy ears. Like that's like the first thing. Oh, that she came out and she had nice pointy ears and her fingers were really long. Like yeah, I don't get why we looked like people, like humans, but live forever. They had to turn him into Faye. Yeah, like for some reason your ears will crumble if they're not long. If they're not pointy, it's like a after year (laughs) six hundred. It's it's because it's like they're fey guys. Look, they're fey, and the the like. I don't know why your fingers have to be longer, and your limbs have to be more supple. Yeah, and then you get to eat wine, cheese, and bread all the time. All the time. The superpower, your ability to just not metabolism. Gain yeah. yeah. Ugh. Unless you're throwing up every night, and then apparently you lose weight. And then she's like, "Why well, put weight on faster than I would have as a human?" And it's part of my like fey gifts when she's like recovering and she's actually yeah. eating and she's not throwing up. So she's like putting meat back on her bones or whatever. And she makes a comment that, like, she's doing it faster as a fae than she would have as a human. Yeah, she's getting muscle and stuff. And I'm like, man, I could do that between the end of November and the 1st of January. I don't need no fae metabolism. I could regain weight or put on. Yeah. <laughs> Just from oh, want to watch? You want, you want a challenge? Make it a challenge. It's a superpower. <laughs> it's called Let the me month. show you how fast I can gain weight. It's called the month of feasting. <laughs> feasting again oh no oh god i said the wrong episode. yeah we've already did yes yeah unintentional feast oh they used i, I was gonna ask you after last week's conversation when oh, we talked about yeah, all of our words every feast okay good <laughs> i was like oh that's what oh, did you notice yeah, yeah yeah because they say it so much yes Yes. I was going back through that chapter, and every time they said it, I was like, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> like, beeps and butt it. <laughs> I hope that when she reads it, that's exactly what happened. I hope that she she yes. doesn't have a straight face right now. No, no, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and I always, um, I always hate the, like, long, drawn-out sex scenes where the woman has, like, orgasm after, or, like... I, I would die. Like, I would die. You would die, but we've already determined they don't have the same that's organs. The that's right, yes. They're, yeah. they're, uh, they're, what's the word? Uh, preternatural mean? Preternatural. It just means like other than natural. Preternatural. Yeah. That word gets used all the time. And I'm like, I guess it just means supernatural. It's effectively supernatural. Yeah. It's just like uh, an inherent ability that is other than. It's a great word. I'm just like, I think it just means the same thing. Sometimes supernatural can be like ghosts, magic, whatever. So preternatural is more like it's a otherworldly nature, but it's in your nature. That makes so it'd be like the ability to have four orgasms in a row without feeling like your vagina was going to fall off. Right. So that would be a pretty. You recharge ability. in your body rather than 
Okay. Yeah, so that would be your your preternatural ability. If a ghost showed up while you were doing it, that'd be supernatural. Supernatural. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, (laughs) Sudden ghosts. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad that you had those. I'm glad that that happened for you. I was like, I hope she likes it. So now that we're kind of towards the end of the book, it ends with Fair going back to the Supreme Court. We find out she's a high lady, the yeah. first one ever, yes. which is really cool. Makes Rasand again a perfect man instead of a president. Well, he surrounds himself with strong women. Yeah, like his Hammer first and, and second, yeah. or second and third. Yeah, yeah. I know. Women. That's gr- well, and that says so much about. In case you didn't hear, Matt just said that he surrounds himself with strong women because which- he couldn't resist the sex discussion at the end of this podcast yeah just, we'll see where it goes this time um but <laughs> that's it's <laughs> wait what was the other insanguinate it's, oh yeah insanguinate but well, i don't know penetrate <laughs> penetration we did throw penetration around a lot i mean but it's fair like it's the discussion around penetration it's just we can novels. also say pokey yeah I, I and i've been watching i have to you know go back there a little bit i have been watching a lot of information lately on the differences in those things, so I I did use we did use that word quite frequently, but That's it's okay. Fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It, we need to make it normal. Yeah, yeah. Pokey, penetrative sex, and ew. They don't use you. Don't see those a lot. No, the, because they're not. Well, they're you're always wet. Uh, yeah, moist. Not moist really, but just like my. They're like my slickness or Ugh, whatever. Slickness, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slick heat. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, in my core. Yeah, which I did like the scene where she's sitting on his lap in the Court of Nightmares yeah. in the human city. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I yeah. love that scene. Yes. I love when they have to pretend and yes. no, no one knows that they're pretending to be evil. Yeah. I do kind of hate that Rasand. I mean, he probably has to make some pretty hard calls sometimes to prove points. Yeah. And he might actually have to do evil stuff or, like, <laughs> undesirable things. Yes. Um, but I love that something about them hiding uh, Valeris. Valaris. Yeah. I love the idea of um, nighttime being beautiful and not dark and right. not evil. Because yes, I feel that way, too. I a night sky, a starry night sky is like chef's kiss. Yeah, that we don't have to take darkness as evil. But we've good. also established that I like really cold places. <laughs> so I love a cold, crisp night sky with no light other than stars. It's, yeah. So I totally recognize. And the idea of starlight, between, but the difference between starlight and sunlight. Mm-hmm. Starlight feels so... Like soothing as opposed to like warming. Yeah. Softer. Softer. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons I like Resand is because he's the type of character that can make difficult choices. He doesn't cling so hard to his concept of honor that he can't maintain both of these courts. Yeah. Sorry, I just had another thought. That's okay. I want to go back to something you said last week and see if you still agree with it. Okay. There was a point where you said that you thought Resand could kill Farah. Fairy. Farah. 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 Farah, darling. Mm-hmm. Um, now knowing that he 
knew she was his mate. Do you think that's the case? Not without telling her. Yeah. I think she'd part be part of the discussion. Yeah. They'd have open communication <laughs> about it. And would work absolutely. To, to get around it. To get around it. Yeah. When you said that last week, I didn't want to be like, well, yeah, but, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think he would do what it took to protect his people, but I don't think he would do it without telling her. Yeah. Which is what I like about their two, because they're setting up this communication. They're yeah. setting up like a, a relationship based on communication. Um, which is why he does that whole like chapter dump where he's like, before we get started on this mate situation, yeah, I'm going to catch you up. Right. And then she serves him the soup. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of soup do you think it is? I don't know. I don't know. What would you say? I love how nobody in this book cooks. Uh, I don't cook. So I, I'm like, yeah, that's real life. (laughs) So I asked you a couple questions. Um, so, okay, here we go. We don't even have to ask the villains questions because I think we've established we don't really have that great of villains. No. But we do have like monsters and I do have monsters that I like more than others. Yeah, I, and I like that they're uh, neutral. They're just, they just are what they are. They're like an elemental force of nature. They're not right. negative or positive. They just are what they are. Right. So let's, okay, so what are your top three? Top three villains? Top three monsters. Top three monsters. Well, we really only talked to a couple. We talked to um, the bone carver, mm-hmm. and I liked him. Yeah, he's cool. And I liked the I liked the idea of the weaver. Mm-hmm. This like super cannibal whose yep. house is literally thatched with human hair. And you know what really grosses me out? The um, fat. Yeah. Like I can for some reason the smell of that house really. I when they, she was describing it, I was just like, oh my god, can you imagine the smell? Yeah. Of like burnt human that grease. That vomiting I understand. When right. she comes back. I can't even touch like I can't clean the drain in the shower. <laughs> no, let's not talk about mold. <laughs> and then she rolls down like a roof of human hair. Yeah. And it's like sticking to her because she's covered in human grease. Yeah, she's covered in yeah, people grease. So that's like that was a well composed villain. Yeah. Because she is not she's not evil, inherently evil. She just is what she is. She's just trying to survive. She's like a storm. She yeah. doesn't, it, the storm is just what it is. It causes mayhem, but yeah. not because it, that's what it's intending to do. It just simply is what it is. Yeah. And don't forget our bestie, the cereal. Oh, the cereal. Yeah. I, I did like, she just sets, she's like, right, I'm going to go get the cereal. And she just goes out and sets up a trap and it shows up and she's like. It's not the last time either. She's she's just like, let you know. She's like, hey, homie. And every, <laughs> hey, homie. Hey, homie. And literally everybody is like, how'd you catch the cereal? <laughs> she's like, ah. Is that supposed to be hard? I know. She's like, I just went out in the woods. You could go do it. And they're like, no, we can't. That's the point. Yeah. Even Resand is like, I tried twice to catch it. And she's like, well, should have tried a third time. I right. don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, so what about your... Okay, so we have so many characters. We have way more characters now. Yes. So if you yeah. had to... Cho- you know, I mean, you definitely get more in the next books. But what do you think? Top, top like, three. Top three. Oh, I really liked Amran. Mm. I do. Because I like, a, she's just a good, consistent, powerful, mysterious, morally gray character. Yeah. Which we've established. I'm here for morally gray. Right. I'm here for it. Um, I liked Resand in this book. I feel like I wanted a little, a little spice to Resand. I mean, he was fine. He was good, but he was real wholesome. And that's fine, 
but okay. I mean, he's perfect for Feyre. I'm happy for Feyre. Right. But we didn't get a lot of flaws. Right. Yeah, which was what makes a character interesting, is yeah. flaws. But he's hot. Super and hot. we get some sex scenes, which are pretty hot. Yeah, spicy. They're actually decent. And yeah. it's not too much. No. So now that you've read these two and you offered me, we'll go back to you offering me Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> oh, that's Again, a different direction. I thought, I thought we were on the same page, but yeah. sorry. No, no that's, it's fine. I, I like them both. Um, so yeah, three, you get one more. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, or did, was Farrah your third? No, Farrah wasn't my third. She's okay. And I get that she needs most of this book to heal. And I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think it helped. I think if she had had aftercare, proper aftercare, instead of Tamlin, I don't think she would have taken as long as she did. But she literally went from, like, the frying pan and into the fire. Cause, and she didn't want to tell herself, or she didn't want to admit to herself that she had done all of this for a jackass. That she actually needed to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it felt to her like it would negate all of her sacrifices. Where instead of framing it as like, well, I saved but can you the imagine? entire country. Yeah. It, can, you ima- can you imagine if you had literally gone in with no expectation of walking out? Yeah. To save someone that you were in love with. Yes. To three months down the road, realize that... They, they lock you in a house. Well... Yeah, and I really applaud her ability to, you know, I think a lot of times what's so tough about relationships is you can love a person so much but not love us. Yeah. And I think that's so often having a hard time leaving. She loves, loved Tamlin, right? But them together, she can't love that. And she had to love herself more. Yeah. And that's great. That's great that she, you know, he didn't really give her a choice. He definitely made it easy on her. Yeah. I mean, she had to, like, escape. He put her in a kennel. Yeah. He caged her. Yeah. Mm. So. It's like mm. blatant magic domestic abuse. Yeah. Course um, of control is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I, need, I still need a third. I don't know. They, to me, because we didn't get a lot of, besides just like their backstory, Cassian, Asriel, and Moore all kind of felt like the same one-note characters. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get more with them. This is like We get a little bit more Cassian in this because of the story in chapter 16. Yeah. Where we hear about how he was a little punk. Yeah. You know, he was poor. He was dirt poor. Yeah. Had nothing. And they call them bastards, which I even have a hard time saying that word. It just feels ugly, but I guess it's not. It's like bitch meaning female dog. It just means conceived out of wedlock. Right. So bastardized little boy, stealing people's clothes, beating people up, you know, and then Resan's mom took him in. Yeah. And they still hated each other. <laughs> and he ends up being like the biggest, barliest boy. Yeah. And he's, I love about him that he's still so almost feral a little bit, like, Still very, um, what's it mean when you cuss a lot? Is that word? (laughs) When you cuss a lot? Yeah, when you use profanity. Profanity, He uses a lot of profanity. Yeah. He's easy to relate to. He has the funniest jokes. He's always laughing. He can take a joke. I mean, 
I do like, like Cassian is like the most consistently positive. And he's yes. one of the most, I think, and you'll learn this more. I won't spoil too much, but Cassian ends up being one of them. Like he has genuinely all the tropes of masculinity and then also super emotionally intelligent and all those things. So you're just like, dang. <laughs> so while you're all about like, while to you, Resand is like your bro, Resand is not mine. Cassian is. Maybe Cass- he will be. I haven't gotten, we haven't, we don't get a lot of cat. We just get Cassian yeah. in like what he does. I know. I know too much. Yeah. It's hard for me to pull it back. Defending and walking around with his wings and blah, blah, blah. We do get a lot. We get hints at Cassian and Nesta's relationship in this book. Her despising him. Yeah. Um, Enemies to lovers. 100%. Yeah. To me, just uh, like, you know, my my top three are probably, I love Nesta. I know a lot about her, though. And Cassian. And then I love Lucian. A lot too. They're mine. They're oh, my- Lucian, not in this book. Yeah, maybe because we're gonna see more of him soon. But he yeah. was pretty spineless in this book. Yeah, he definitely fit my initial. He sees Tamlin. As yeah, I, than he I is. think that I'm. Uh, I think in the third book you get a better. Yeah, that's probably. He I'm was, having a hard time like pulling back. From- he was a little triggering because he felt like the guy that he's the be- pal that le- like says it's okay. Yeah, he's the best friend who knows his buddy is abusive, but he keeps telling the girlfriend like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna work with him. We're gonna don't leave him because he loves you. I'll talk to him about it." Yeah, he's actually noticing that Farah is underweight. Yeah, and that her powers are coming out. He sees it. But he is not willing to stand up against Tamlin, and he's like, "Well, we needed to prov- we needed to show like a united front." And it's like, "But at what cost? Yeah. Like, at what cost did you did you this quote united front? It, but what if the united front sucks? Right? Yeah, yeah. And there's so many pals out there like that, but just men thinking or people, women do it too. Yeah, where we think it's funny." To, you know. And I did like the exploration of Rissan's, um, like, sexual trauma. Yeah. The fact that he was traumatized by his, rela- not relationship, but his slavery to Amarantha. Yeah, and does that not come up in... No, okay. Never mind. That's the third book. Never mind. There's others. There's, you'll, there's a few more characters that are, like, that men who have yeah. been traumatized by women and it's I'm, I'm i'm glad because a lot of times um male rape is framed as comedic and it's not it's not like wedding crashers is a good one in yeah. the movie wedding crashers there's yeah. that girl that likes i forget isla what fisher yeah is, yeah and she like she and they him. end up together she ties him to the bed and it's like a well, good for you that that girl liked you so much that she forced you to have sex with her Right. Instead of it being like, well, no, that was rape. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we... And it's just as... Yeah, it just as traumatizing for men. And it changes yeah. men's entire trajectory. Right. And, and I, their view on women. And I do like that he we kept it. Yeah. It wasn't just like, well, that's done. I don't have to worry. And she... Feyre actually worries about it, which I wish she had communicated to Resan, where she's like, I don't know if he's ready to have a relationship with me. Because of what he just went through. Right. I don't know if he's ready to have a physical 50 relationship. years. 50 years. As, yeah. 
is in sex servitude. In sex, yeah, slavery. Yeah. Um. So I think we kind of wrapped up. Yeah. What do you think about this book? Did you enjoy it? I did. This one was harder to read than the okay. first one. The first one's a little fluffier. Sure. Um, we don't get to the heavy stuff until you're already hooked because you get the whole romance. You get the romance drama at the beginning. You get kind of the fluffy romance mm. tropes. And then when she leaves and comes back, you're in it. Yeah. But you're already so in it, you, you go through it. Yeah. But then when we start this one, we start immediately in it. We already start in trauma land. And then we go from trauma land to like recovery land back to trauma land. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And we meet other people's trauma and yeah. everybody, you know, everybody, all the characters in this, she does a good job of, you know, all of her characters in these romanticies having un- like real baggage. Yeah. Like actual baggage. Yeah. Nobody's like, well, actually, my parents are still together and yeah, they were fated mates, but they love each other too. And I don't know. I just, I'm fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. They're like, yeah, okay. So how many times did your parents beat you? Oh, yeah. like a bunch. Oh, your brothers oh, burned you, had, you? You had parents? You lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even have those. His parents <laughs> murdered my parents and my parents murdered. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another thing too. Like, can you imagine living so long that like Tamlin's dad murdered Rasan's mom and sister. Yeah. That was let's we can head back to what you said last week about Rasan showing up at brunch. Yeah. And him being like, "Oh, you need to figure out this." I think Rasan was just trying to make him feel like a piece of shit. That too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Although they're he, both I think there's a little bit a lot, like, a little bit of both. He does say I, I yeah. was there kind of to like Push him along. Push him along. Yeah. Um, but also, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. Yeah. Justifiably hate him. Right. He killed my mother and my sister, whom I loved. Right. Yeah. And Rasand's complete and and but also recognizing how that made Rasand who he is. Yeah. And him really honor and protect the people he loves. Him standing up for his friends. Yeah. His family, like making sure that no one knows about them. That's wild. Yeah. That's really, that's a lot. Rasand. He's a good boy. He does a good job. He used his powers for good. Yeah. So what do you think going into the third? What do you expect to happen? What are you thinking? What do you think our rifles are? I'm hoping we're going to get a lot of empowered Feyre doing badass bitch shit. That's my hope. Because we have a high-powered Feyre, who just spent an entire book. Does she do the wolves and eagles water yeah. trick in this one? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a. Eh, that's yeah, we cool. Get, we get like a just we get a taste, just a taste. We get a little taste. We get a little taste right at the end there of like, oh, oh this gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah, she's gonna kick some ass. So that's what I. That's what I'm hoping because we just had like a she healed. That's fine. We needed a healing book. If she hadn't healed from it, her. Uh, general emotional abilities would have been suspect because it's like, are you psychopathic? Can you literally kill people and then just be like, well, uh, you know, that was for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's good because we needed a healing book. This was our healing book for kind of everybody. And so, except for Tamlin. Oh, fuck Tamlin. So we move on, hopefully, and she does her cool spy stuff. Yeah. And we hopefully will stand against Highburn. Of course we're going to because we have to. 
So I'm expecting we won't win it in the next one, but at least we'll make some progress. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably developing some other relationships since we had the very ill-timed Lucian telling. Oh my God. I hate that for him. Well, and I think this is such. He's like, you're my mate. You couldn't keep that in your pants. Right now, in front of the bad guy and everybody, you couldn't just hold on to that knowledge for five well, and seconds. It's such a, but it's such a, ju- a juxtaposition from what Rhysand did. Yes. Right? So what happens, I think, you know, I think what happens with Lucian telling Elaine, like, that's an example of what not to do. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, I realize you just went through this really traumatic thing where you thought you were going to die and you got dipped in this magical But all of a sudden we have this immortal. bond together. But by the way, we're destined to... To be together forever. Right. So this whole part where I'm kind of the bad guy, that's like, that's not my thing. Okay. Like this is bad optics right now. Okay. Yeah. But like, pfft, whatever. Like seriously, that, that bothered me where he was like, you're my mate. Yeah. Lucian. I know. It sucks. Hold it together, man. Hold. Yeah. You got to do, you got to get out of there. Well, this is the spring court being young and impetuous and impulsive. Right. Whereas. Aries. Yeah. Yeah, all those spring birthdays, Aries, Taurus. Yeah, too much of that. I feel like I'm gonna need to brush up on astrology. It's fine. I'll, 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 to meet I'll you walk on you the through table it. Here. I'll walk you through it. Because <laughs> I'm like, I think I know my star sign. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Wait, when's your birthday? Uh, December seventh. Oh, wait. Oh my gosh, that's in four days. It is in four days. Holy cow. Okay, I'm glad I asked. Let me put it on my calendar so I can remember oh. to text you. <laughs> Thanks. What are you going to do for your birthday? Probably nothing. What? Oh, what's our time at right now? Yeah, but we've divulged. It's we, it's two hours. That's not too bad. No. You can just listen to it at um, 2.5. <laughs> I was listening to the books on all all the different speeds today and i was like i wonder if one of the reasons like one of the things that makes you good at this is that people can understand you at three (laughs) (laughs) how low does your voice have to be to be understood at three i never do i always listen to it at one i can't do one i i like 1.2 if it's important if i'm moving through it 1.6 i think it has something to do with ADHD. Yeah, you got to keep it moving. It's got to be stimulating. Yeah. And if it's too slow, I'll have to keep going back and listen and listen back because I'll have missed something. Yeah. So it also depends on what I'm doing. If I'm like doing dishes while I'm listening, I need it to move a little bit quicker. That's really interesting. And if it it's, depends on the cadence of the speaker. It also, yeah, and what's happening. So some of the, like the romantic scenes or the spicy scenes, I will slow it down a little bit just so oh, it takes longer. I hear just you. kidding. Um, <laughs> like it's slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so um <laughs> you're welcome all right that okay good night that yeah, was great no, all right, all right. so you note. can find us on our instagram at the strange and beautiful book club or on patreon at strange and beautiful book club and i encourage you to find us on both so i guess we'll just leave it there until i finish this book for next time so bye prince bye, bye. thanks for having me
That's good. I like Funfetti cake. Oh, I'm a woman so of high class tastes. I mean, it's a cake with sprinkles. Don't get me started. In it. I like fancy in food it. and I also like garbage. Yeah, because garbage is delicious. 